two village idiots with a love-hate relationship. See, you got fat. So you still look like a 15-year-old girl, but not hot. Who can't stop arguing over Oklahoma sports. You know what, man? Why am I still talking to you? Come on, we were doing good there, man. It's the Just Okay Sports Podcast. Well, Sooner Nation, Thunder Nation, we are back. This is the Just OK Sports Podcast. That is Just Oklahoma Sports Podcast and a Just OK Sports Podcast as well. I'm one of your village idiots, Daryl. I'm here with my brother, Jared. Please hit like, subscribe, follow, leave comments, leave reviews, do all the things. Please help us out just a little bit with that. And if you follow us on Twitter at Just OK Sport. Um, you can even go and find the link to online merch that we've created there that we'd love for you to do to help support what we do here um, and hopefully make this thing even just a little bit better than okay if possible. So that's that. Jared, how are you, sir? Uh, I am good. Uh, just got back. I actually had to see you uh, this week. So <laughs> two games. I've You know, I'm, I'm never watching a football. I'm not watching any uh, games with you in person again this year because – uh, the two that I've seen with you it were a lot closer than they probably should have been. So, um, yeah, yeah. that's fair. Um, but yeah, no, got back. So just gets reacclimated and all that. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, everything's uh, good living the Florida life, you know? So, um, sure, sure. I was like, really, it was kind of fun on the way back. Uh, there was a lot of UCF people on the plane. Um, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. So, yeah. Nice. So, I was like, man, I'm so glad that we won. So I don't have to like here, which most of them are very, very nice. They seem like a pretty uh, chill thing. Which, by the way, looking at the Central Florida Twitter stuff, um, they were all very complimentary. The stuff that I saw um, on their Twitterverse of their experience, which, again, I just don't think we have a awful fan base in that way. Because we talk about this all the time. Well, like, remember when Tennessee, when we played Tennessee? Yeah. Yeah, we have yeah. a cousin that's a huge Tennessee alum, and he went on and on about his experience in Norman and how great, and said that the message boards of the Tennessee fans were saying how great the experience was, and that they like their whole goal was to outdo the Oklahoma fans when Oklahoma came uh, to Knoxville. So yeah, uh, kudos, kudos, Sooner Nation. Yeah, well and honestly, that when I when I was in, uh, like I said, when I went to Knoxville for that game. Uh, they were, they were actually very kind and, and welcoming and, uh, everything else. So, yeah, I mean, they're and the thing is people have to realize that they're a younger program. Um, you're right. Obviously compared to OU, but just younger in general. Uh, so there's a lot of things that they still haven't built the tradition up of and those sorts of things. But, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, no, but it was good. I guess, you know, I got to see your family and stuff. I had to see you too, but that sucks, but you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was a good time. So I'm, I'm good. How are you? Uh, how's, uh, how's the Okie life? Okie life's good. Very wet today. Rained all day today. It's supposed to rain all day tomorrow. Most of the day Thursday, but man, we've been like two months without rain. So, um, that's you been need, good, yeah, but yeah, we've got a, got a fall festival at our church tomorrow that we're trying to prep and get ready for and all the stuff. But yeah, man, life's good. And we made it back safe and it was a great time in Dallas other than trying to watch a very tight OU game in the middle of main event was not, uh, was yeah, not I was, ideal. I, and I was trying to watch the first half on my phone, uh, at, <laughs> yeah. uh, 
at the aquarium. So yeah. um yeah. But yeah, it was it was it was uh it was good. And then you know, and then also like our Astros lost. Uh oh, yeah. so and everybody's been piling on on Twitter and stuff. So I'm like, oh, oh of course. Um, yeah. It, so yeah. that know, whole series yeah. was just so strange. But yeah, that's all the stuff. So look, all because of that, the travels, the et cetera, all the stuff, we did not get to do an exclusive review pod. And so now today, hopefully we can keep this thing to under two hours. We'll see. Yeah, this is going to be we're gonna re We're going to review and preview. We're going to be talking some Thunder, and we're going to be talking some general college football because you know we got to go out well, west after this weekend. Well, I mean, just not only just out west, college football is like, dude, it's like the so like, it's like pro wrestling right now. There's so many crazy, weird storylines all over the place. Like, yeah, I don't even know. It's just wild times right now. It is very wild. So. Let's talk about Central Florida OU game. I Jared is would you say just overall kind of big picture not happy but not panicking? Is that is that kind of where you are? Is that the right assessment? Yeah, I'm not panicked by any means, but you 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 probably should have lost that game. Um but you won, you found a way to win. So, I don't know, it's like a very yeah, not happy. I'm very neutral, I guess, on how I feel about it. Like it's it's a win. You lose that. I mean, that's what everybody's been saying, and I don't disagree with it. Is the last really three or four years you lose that game. Um yeah. like you know, yeah. and you, not only that, you probably lose that game big. Um so you know, I, I think that UCF is I think the other thing is I wouldn't be surprised if UCF isn't a team that doesn't go and, you know, they're obviously what they're three and four now, I believe. Um, but, you know, I, right. I can see them that where they run the rest of the table or run the rest of their schedule. I haven't looked at their schedule, but you know what I mean? They're a good, good team. Um, right. So, you know, I don't know. Um, there's some things that we need to like address and there's concerns. Uh, and I think a lot of it is like we're gonna have to, we're gonna talk about it just a little bit, but it's like overarching things that just don't make sense to me and like issues that I don't understand how you have them at Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I, I definitely think there's a little bit of that. And so um let's get to that then. Let's kind of move out of that. Let's start with the negative first. That's how we do things here. We're going to start with the bad news and go with the good because there's always a little bit of both in every scenario. And so, Jared, kind of what were your main negatives? What were the main things that really bothered you about the game, concerned you, however you want to say that, after after kind of going back and relooking at things? Um, I, I guess I'll give you two. I mean, there's a lot um, that I could probably <laughs> circle. Um, I mean, really, like, this is the thing. This was the the worst game OU's played this season by a good margin and they still won against a very potent offense. So yeah, I guess I'll preface it all by saying that um, that's not really a good or bad thing, but you know, um, but the first thing is kind of like, I don't understand. Well, let me go with a really negative dude. How is Schmidt? I, I don't understand what Schmidt. Um, <laughs> I, like BV is like fully thrown his support behind Schmidt. Um, you know, and there's even, I've seen, you know, videos circulating where he's got his arm around him and is trying to, you know, get him back in that headspace or whatever. But man, like you missed two field goals that were really should have been chip shots for you. I mean, these yeah. weren't 
50 yarders. I think one was like a 36 yarder and the other one was like a 38 or 30. And they were both like in that 30 to 40 yard range. Right. Um, yeah. And even, and there was even like a couple of field goals that he kicked just extra, uh, extra point attempts where it's like, you're kicking that really low. Like somebody could get a hand on it. And obviously in this game, every point, every point count or mattered, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I don't understand how that's such an issue. And just special teams in general was really bad. Like Gavin Freeman had a really bad play. Um, you know, it, it where it could have turned out a lot worse, where it's like he fielded the ball and he had literally like five UCF guys just bearing down on him. It's like you got to fair yeah. catch that. Uh, and yeah. there's one where he did fair catch and he was like at the five yard line. Um, you know, so there's just the special teams really just does not feel like a focus. It doesn't feel, it feels very uh, disjointed. I, I don't know. It just, there's nothing. They have playmakers. Yeah. They have playmakers like Gavin Freeman is even as a playmaker and Farouk and all that. Like they have those guys, but they just, I don't feel like they're using them the way that they should. Um, I know that, uh, Oh, uh, Ozinga, he got, he, he hunting was uh, off the charts. Uh, that game was great. Um, now it was one game, so we'll see, but, um, but yeah, so that just feels disjointed. And then like, I, I guess it's like, um, I'm going to go with like really specifically the running back room. I don't really understand because you, it feels like we have a lot of talent there. Yeah. Um, we've heard a lot of raving about Caleb Hicks in the off season. We've even heard it some through the season. Um, you know, Marcus major, this isn't, I, you try to spin it. Like I hate Marcus major and I don't. My problem with Marcus. Hey, Major I'm is, just saying when I go negative, I'm Mr. Dart Daryl. Everybody else gets to just trounce on people, and it's like, oh yeah, that's fair. Well, okay. Here's my here's my thing. And I went back and I've actually I've actually rewatched film Marty on this game. Um there's like three plays where Marcus Major just like I don't even know how to describe it. It's like somebody touches him and he falls down. Like there's literally a play where he's running through and a defensive lineman does like hit him in the chest, but it's not like a clothesline or anything. It's like it he kind of grabs him by the shoulder pad and like, he just goes down. Like, it just looks like, you know, it's like, I, I told you when we were watching the game live, I was like, dude, sometimes it feels like he has two left feet. Like he just trips over mm-hmm. himself. Um, yeah. And, and, and it, what's sad is like, it's like, there's times when it's like, I feel like he has a good enough burst. He has a good enough power that he could bust big runs. He may not be like that home run threat every single time he touches the ball. But it's like going back and watching that game, dude, there's probably two or three runs where if he doesn't just pretty much fall down, he's going for 20, 30 yards easy. Um, and instead he's having to settle for yeah, five to ten yards or whatever. So I don't understand the the running back situation. Like we saw Sawchuck. Sawchuck for what for one, really, like, and again, I went back and watched it and like we were talking about it, but like you didn't put Sawchuck, the play calling didn't put Sawchuck in a position to succeed. Like you're doing all these cutesy plays. Like the first time he touches the ball is a direct snap. Like what? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for somebody that's really not played at all this season, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and then you pull him, and I, I, you know, from what I understand, the personnel decisions are down to position coaches. So, but I'm like, in the game, is it like, is it the same where Demarco pulled him from the game and said like you're sitting? until the fourth quarter and then fourth quarter he comes out and he's fine. 
Um, so it's just it's those things. And like I said, uh, the one thing, and really again, bringing Farouk, I don't ever. I understand where where the, the the argument is, but it's like, especially with Andrew Anthony down right now, um, pulling Farouk out of your out from from the outside and putting him in the backfield when you have supposedly guys that are waiting to just knock on the door and get their chance to show out makes zero sense to me. Like, I'm not saying that, that the running or the wide receiver room is thin, but it's like you we, in this game, you had a lot of it seemed like you had a lot of issues creating um, separation. So I don't really understand why you take one of your better players from the outside and put them in the backfield when you apparently have a stable of backs. Right. Um, so I guess it's just like the whole like the whole offensive personnel. I, I don't understand. Like I said, apparently BV has said that's down to position coaches, but I just don't under there's nothing. There's no position group, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball, that makes any sense to me um, mm -hmm. as to why we're doing what we're doing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those are the negatives. I mean, I think DG played um, good enough. I don't think he had a great game. Uh, but, I, like, I also don't think, like I said, he was he was trying to have him to throw into narrow windows because they were covering really well. Um, or we just weren't getting separation. So, I don't know. There's... There's a lot of things to break down. The offense um, was kind of the weak point. I mean, the defense gave up big plays, but it's like we kind of talked about this in the preview. That's kind of what you expected. Like this is the the what were they number four or five offense in the country or whatever it was right. um, in total yards. Right. They're gonna have big plays, right? Overall, they played well, and really, when you watch the film, it's like, dude, like honestly, like the D line played really, really, really good. Yeah, um, yeah, the D line was stellar. Um, and I even feel like the linebackers uh, played really well. Um, there was a couple of times that they kind of like you could tell that they were doing UCF was doing something a little funky, but it's like they stood up. So, you know, I don't know. Like I this game, I got to like kind of circle the offense and special teams as a reason why it was down mm -hmm. to one, you know, one score game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And on all that, I think I agree with most. I think the only thing that is being. It's being made a bigger problem than it really is as special teams, in my opinion. I think our field goal kicking is a problem. It's a problem. Um, for the most part, punt return's been fine. Kick return's been fine. Kick coverage has been fine. Um, and even punt coverage has been really good, I feel like. So it's it's really been the one game where our punter shanked multiple kicks in the Texas game and took five steps to punt a ball from the end zone, right? Like there's been some little gap, but like, I think overall, like if it's one of those things a little bit, like I'm about to say about the defense. If you took the totality of special teams plays, it's going to be, you know, if there's been 60 plays, I feel like 55, 52 of them have been great. And the eight are just really gross, right? Because it's four missed field goals, a blocked punt and, you know, those kinds of things. So, um, I think overall special teams has been okay and even been a weapon for us, but the field goal kicking has to be, and it seemed as though today Brent Venables kind of alluded to the backup kicker who is a highly rated kicker coming in, uh, was not a hundred percent, um, is the way it felt the way he answered that in, uh, in his press conference today. So, um, would definitely say that DG wise. Um, to what you said, yeah, I'd agree the receivers weren't getting separation and that made it a, a, a difficult day for him. Now, 
My number one, I think, is a little bit on what you're saying, but I will go broader than what you did. You mentioned the running back situation and what are we doing there? What are we not? You know, we alluded to the podcast last week. Caleb Hicks put this kind of cryptic tweet with a clock and dot, 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 right? As to kind of say it's time. We find out Tawi is suspended. We find out that that Marcus Major isn't 100%. And you and I were looking at each other before the game as we we found out all that, and we went, there it is. Hicks about to go crazy, and then he doesn't touch the ball one time well, in the game. It's like, okay. Well, and, I even, and I didn't even, like, Petaway. Like, Petaway's had, like, he made a 10-yard uh, gain on his one play. And it's like, I don't think yeah. he was on the field after that. Yeah, and so the same thing, broadly here's what I would say. And I, I don't want to, but I'm trying to be fair and honest with what I see. I believe for the most part, what BV says is true, but this is the second time in the SMU game that we were at was the other time that they have not matched what they say with what they're doing. And what I mean by that is you had a point in the, at the end of the first quarter, I believe start of the second quarter, you had a moment where Kobe McKenzie and Kip Lewis played an entire series. Now, we've both said I think Kobe should play some more, right? But you haven't done that all year. Not all year have you done that. Robert Spears Jennings is in the is in the back in the in the safety, you know, back end for like two whole series in the first half. Mm-hmm. Peyton Bowen, which we heard, now hear that he was injured, but he played five plays. You haven't done that all year. You have gone with Key Lawrence. You've gone with Reggie Pearson. And you have gone with Bowman. Those three, even when Peyton Bowen hasn't played a lot, those three have played all the snaps. And all of a sudden, Robert Spears Jennings is playing in like the end of the first quarter. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're doing the same thing at corner. We're rotating guys in that we haven't played all year. On offense, you played, which we talked about this, with Andrew Anthony out, who was going to fill it, right? And we had our kind of targeted people. And to your point, I don't care that they moved Farouk to the backfield. I thought it was creative to some degree. What I don't like is that you have LV Bunkley Shelton and Gavin Freeman on the field. Like, that's not who should be filling that spot. And so what it looked like to me from a personnel standpoint, and by the way, Jackson Arnold coming back in the game to run power QB plays again until we get penalties and then he has to come off the field, right? You are playing that game like a scrimmage. And BV is the one that's been preaching this. We treat every week like that's the game we got to go 1-0. That's the game we got to... And they did the same thing in SMU. Just rotating guys everywhere that they hadn't rotated in forever. I'm sorry. You treated it like a scrimmage. Your guys played after the first quarter played like it was a scrimmage and you found yourself in a dogfight. Now you got out of it, but like, like if you want to play your young guys and you truly believe that you're better than the other team, how about this? Play everybody at max level for a quarter. And if you would have in that game, you'd have been 28, nothing in the first quarter. Now rotate whoever the crap you want to, but like you to your point, Jacquez Petaway, we haven't seen him hardly all year other than Arkansas state. And then, like, they give him two plays early, and then all of a sudden, oh, crap, we're in a dogfight, and now he doesn't play anymore. And then, by the way, and instead we're playing L.V. Bunkley Shelton, 
and Gavin Freeman. Like that makes no sense. It makes no sense. Well, and, and then and this isn't us trying to like dog on on either of them in the sense of like I think they're both like good teammates and all that, but it's like right. You can't you can't compare Gavin Freeman to Jack Jacquez Pedway. Like you can't. Like that dude moves cannot move like Jacquez Pedway does. And like I said, in in Jacquez Pedway, it's like, well, he hasn't had um some crazy fifty yard run. It's like every time he's touched the ball, he's made a play. Right, yes. like every time he's touched the ball. He's even taken plays like I would even say the play in the UCF game. I don't remember. I think it was like a 10 yard game. It's like if if LV Buckley Shelton or uh, Gavin Freeman is is the one that has that ball in that situation, they're going down and they're getting like two or three yards. And Petaway Petaway has the mobility to make a 10. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah, I don't I don't understand um, cause, and you've also played them in enough games. Like now you can't redshirt them. You don't want to redshirt them probably anyways, cause they're too good that they're, you know what I mean? Like you're, right. you're not trying to save a red shirt. So I don't understand that. You know what I mean? Like I can understand if it's like, well, they played in three games or whatever. And you want to keep them, you know, whatever. But it's like, right. at this point, it's like, you, you're not, you know, well, like um, you can't redshirt Jaden Gibson. Yeah. And like same thing. Like, and then the one time that you actually dial something up for him, he makes an incredible catch on a not great throw, which, by the way, have we not just been saying that every time that Jaden Gibson gets thrown the ball, that no matter where it is, he just finds a way to catch the freaking ball? Like, the only ball that he has dropped this year is the one where the DB got away with holding his arm down to his side and the and the referee missed it, right? And doesn't see it, and he's trying to pull it in one-handed, you know, uh, while he's getting pulled backwards. And so why is that guy not on the field? Why is well, Jacquez Petaway not on the field? So here, here's my tin. Well, I don't say tinfoil hat, but this is like my theory, I guess. I think the only thing that makes sense to me is that BV has some sort of metric he's using because, like, we've heard practice and we've heard all, and it's like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like there's got to be another metric they're using. Like, maybe is it grades? Is it going to class? Is it whatever? Right? Um, some sort of leadership thing or whatever. I don't know. Um, because that's the only thing that makes any sense because like, I don't understand, like you said, um, with as much as we've heard raves about Hicks, how does he not got time? Uh, now Sawchuck, I mean, I know it was a quarter of football, but it's like in the fourth quarter, he was by far the best running back on the field for OU that day by far. Yeah. Um, and and again, and it, and it's, you, you watch Sawchuck play and like looking at him compared to to Marcus Major, it's like there's no there's no comparison. It's the same thing as like we were saying with LV Buckley Shelton and Gavin Freeman. I don't hate them, but they're not as good as Jacquez Petaway is, and not not as athletic or whatever. Right. Um. So yeah, it's just confusing. I don't know. Yeah, I to me again, it felt like it is felt like in the SMU game, and it is felt like in this game. These are the only two. But it has felt like the staff believes that they are hands down better uh, than these teams. And so this is our opportunity to give meaningful snaps to guys that otherwise wouldn't get meaningful snaps. That's that's what it feels like. Now, is that what it really is? I have no idea. But again, the personnel choices are just head scratchers. It doesn't make sense what they did there. So that's... That's my biggest gripe uh, on the day that people are mad about the defense. The defense overall played really well. And and this has been talked about today in BV's press conference and everything else. Look, 70 plays, they held them to two and a half yards or less. 
on yeah. 70 of their plays. Well, that's what five of their is. plays went for stupid yardage, right? So yeah, like I mean, and it's and it's one of those things where like even the uh the play that everybody I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I mean, I thought that it should have been a penalty, but whatever. Uh, I'm not mad about the whole gesture, the kiss, the blowing the kiss to the sideline or yeah. whatever. Um, but even on that play, it's like literally everything else is covered. It's just that they drew up that weird scheme, and there was two linemen that looked like they were pretty close to being yeah, uh downfield. So, you know. Again, I'm not trying to chalk that up to anything, but it's one of those things that it's like with a team like UCF and Gus Malzahn, like I was, I said this in the preview, Gus Malzahn's an offensive mind. Like he's a really, yes, really good is. offensive mind. Yeah. He's going to have things Thanks. like that that are going to trick people that you haven't seen, um, that you're not going to see on their film. Or you're not going to see on anybody's film. So it is what it is. Um, but like I said, I, 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 the defense by far is not the one to blame for this game. No, absolutely not. So the only other slight negative would just be in the midst of all those personnel choices. Again, I would I would definitely put more from a specific, you know, impact on the game to the coaches would be Levy's play calling. And it was the same against SMU. What are we doing? Like what what is the goal here? What are we trying to kind of never felt like there was really any cohesion to the game plan at all. Um, within that now getting off all the negatives let's start going the positives so we can keep this thing moving um for me i felt like the defense overall still played really well it was many guys as they rotated all those things and especially the first half remember just going back through the first quarter all the way down to 50 seconds to go in the first quarter they gave up eight yards on five drives they gave up eight yards i mean that's that's about as elite as you can get. And again, if the offense is cashing in on their end, the whole feel of that game is different. And instead, after five drives and eight yards, the the score is 7-0. Yep. Like, you know, again, they're getting to go to the sideline going, guys, yes, we're playing terrible, but one one drive and this game's tied. And yeah. that gives you hope and that gives you all the stuff. It just, ah, you know, so that I thought the defense overall on the day, I mean, even that fourth, uh, the, the granted again, the mistake was Canick yelling in the guy's face. Right. But again, you're inside the five and you do just like you did at Texas. You hold them. They were going to kick a field goal until you make the boneheaded move to yell in his face. So the defense played well, they made mistakes and just some boneheaded deals and some and well drawn up plays were the only things they had issues with. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I I don't disagree with you on that. I mean, I think that, like I said, watching the film, I think they played really, really well. Um, you know, like I said, there was never, I never felt like there was a time where the defensive line ever got to the point of just getting worn out or no. pushed around or whatever. They played really, really solid. Um. You know, the I guess the one knock I would have on the defense, I didn't think there was a couple of guys I didn't think had great games overall. I didn't think Pearson had a great game overall. Um, there was a couple of times where he just looked kind of like he was, uh, as a coach used to say, a space cadet. He was just wandering in space, you know. Um, I, I just don't know. The secondary didn't, I don't think, have the, they, they were the worst of that group. And even then, like you said, they overall played solid. Um and really, so, I mean, to be fair, 
I don't want to single him out. It was just a bad day for him was Woody Washington. Woody Washington really was the the main culprit, if you will, in in a lot of those busts on the day, right? And he's been as solid as solid can be all year, right? So Yeah, I mean, and look... Maybe this is the perfect game to to knock them out of their golden hat, making T-shirts, smoking cigars thing, right? Like, you know, BB talked about a little bit of the celebration and he didn't like that they celebrate as much as they did. Um, But he wanted to let them enjoy the moment and all that sort of stuff. So maybe this knocks them out of it. But but yeah, I mean, uh, the defense played fine. The defense was not uh, was played really, really well. Like you said, it looked um, like if you if you just took it took out that UCF's three and three, right? And mm-hmm. just said, oh, you held the number five offense in the country to eight yards. Like, we would be talking like, oh, my God. Like, we'd all be losing our minds. But because it was UCF, everybody's trying to spin it or, you know, not taking it as as much of a positive as it is. It's like, look, this defense is really, really freaking good. And yeah, like I said, I looking... We'll talk about it in a little bit. Previous defenses, this game would have been <laughs> it's 70 to 68 oh, or something stupid. I mean, it would have been Yeah, it, it would have been a joke. So I, I'm I'm more than happy with the with the defense. Um, you know, and I think that there is um a good amount of things to talk about with them. But I, I also think that you're going to have to start looking at, like, like you said, the, the improvement, like I said, the, the punting was better. I want to see that continue to be good. That was a great positive on the day. Pop, 51 the, and a half the, the, yards. The, the, the kick is great. The frustrating thing is like, when you look at the field, like our field position in the first quarter was absolutely oh, insane. It was like, insane. honestly, honestly, the first quarter, it should have been 28, nothing. It should have been. Yeah. That's, nothing that's what I said. Yeah. Um, and the play calling kills you the play and the play calling. Like you said, I we're off the negatives, but anyway, punting, did you wonders pinned them deep? They had, they had to punt out of their end zone. I think twice, um, their punting was terrible. Um, but still you had really good field position. Um, so that part of special teams is good. Um, and then I guess the other thing is like, I, Ah, this is I it feels like this is one of those games where like every positive has a negative tied to it. When you had a certain personnel group at offensive line, you absolutely <laughs> dominated UCF. You should, right? But like I'm talking about like there was plays where like in the fourth quarter when you had a certain like I don't I don't remember exactly who all it was. It was like rain, green, bird. I, I can't remember. Anyway. They absolutely just dominated. They it just looked it was the same thing we talked about when Caden Green came into the Texas game and they looked different. It was the same thing. Like it looked like it it, it was a night and day difference thing. Well, yeah, but to be fair and and to make sure I, I'm with you, but I thought the O line was playing fine early. Schaefer got rolled up on, I believe it was the second quarter. Um and he was never the same after that. And and to be honest, when Savion was playing early, he didn't look good. But he found himself in the second half when they finally went, okay, well, Schaefer's not healthy. Put him in there and let him go. He went to work. Well, and and I think this is where this is where my my negative tied to it is. 
I think at some point you have to decide who is your highest ceiling guy and let him let him get that momentum and let him get that confidence. Because if you pull somebody every time they make a mistake, you're you're never gonna have anybody that's gonna be elite. Right? Yeah. Like um like and, and like we've said at this point, and you know what? I here's here's a positive. Reigns played better. Reigns played better. He's still not great, but he's a lot better than he was. He was a lot better than he was. Now, that's not saying a whole lot, but it's like at the same time, it's like when I'm looking at Reim in the early parts of the season, why didn't Reim get benched? There's time that Mm Reim looked completely lost, looked like he didn't care, but he's still out there because he's the quarterback of your offensive line, I guess. But you know what I mean? Like, I feel like he made more egregious mistakes and in egregious lacks of effort or whatever. Right. Than a lot of the other guys that got pulled for minor stuff. Right. Like, I I don't know. It's that that whole thing is a little weird to me. So I don't know how to. I I don't know. I think that's one area of depth that we're concerned about. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, but at the same time, like I said, the fourth quarter, the offensive line played really, really well. Uh, And I just want them to see if they can establish. Like, that's the thing is like, really, when you think about it, Levy's play calling is something we're going to have to keep talking about. And we talked about this in person where we were like, Levy has these games where he calls a phenomenal game, right? Yeah. Uh, Texas was one of those games, right? Or whatever. But you look at SMU, laid an egg, right? Like, Mm -hmm. uh, and UCF, I would say he laid an egg too. It's like you never know when it's just like he's just going to totally just not call a good game. Like he's just not going to do a good yeah. job. Well, it's a roll. He's, the, a it's a roll bit, the he's got, he's still got a little bit of, and I'm sorry, he's got a little bit of mule shoe in there, right? Because when mule shoe was here, he'd get impatient. That's one of the reasons that I, that Iowa State gave him such fits because they'd play that huge cloud cover three coverage. Right with dropping eight guys and rushing three, he he could not handle. We don't. We are not having big plays, and well, it's and, like, and dude, it's... give the ball to your playmakers on a five yard hitch and call it good. Hit the intermediate and call it good. And guess what? Eventually, they're gonna start creeping up, and you're going to get a big play. Or you have good enough athletes, they're gonna break a tackle. And they're going to take one to the house. Like you just have to be there. And okay, here's it's like he gets enamored with just pounding, you know, run, 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 play action, go deep. And it's like hit the intermediates. It's there for you to hit. So, well, here's the other thing. Here's here's my like sunshine like uh take. We well, you we need it. We're supposed to be positive right now. Okay. You're being more dark than I am. If they can, if they can establish <laughs> a good starting offensive line. Like they have established starters at every position along the offensive line. Um, and they establish a running back that is your bell cow. I think that his play calling could get better more or more consistent, I should say. Sure. Sure. Um, I do think that that is something that he's having to struggle with because I, you know, I do think when you really look at Lebby and that, that branch of play calling and offensive, uh, philosophy comes from those are things that you you rely on a bunch is good offensive line play but also a a running back that you can rely on that can not only run the ball but catch the ball out of the backfield and right now OU doesn't have that yeah I mean Marcus Marcus Major Marcus Marcus Major is not a threat as as a receiver well I I disagree with that but 
I do think one of the biggest positives coming out of the game was that I did feel like Sawchuck found himself again a little bit in that fourth quarter. Um, there was one run in particular. I don't remember exactly when in the fourth, but the hole that he went through to make the play that he did was so small. It was a sliver of space, but he could see the way the blocks were set up and knew that was the place to be and the place to go, and he did, and it broke open for like an eight- or nine-yard run, and it was like, okay. He ran, and when he went through that hole, and BV said this today, our running backs have to be better, to your point with Marcus, running through the trash. You've got to get through the trash to get to the second level and get going. And I felt like that Sawchuck did that really well um, in that fourth quarter. And so I'm hoping that's a confidence builder for him. I'm hoping that the the Florida State cheese it Bowl, Gavin Sawchuck that we saw is back. And again, we know he hasn't been playing a lot because of that hamstring. We We know that. And so hopefully this game gave him mentally that confidence that I'm good. I'm healthy and I can explode. I can drive. I can use my legs and it's not going to, it's not going to ruin anything. Um, hopefully the offensive line's coming together a little bit, but those were definitely positives in, in the fourth quarter for sure for this team um, was them. And again, I, the other like kind of layer of positivity was look, every time this team is needed to answer to win a game, they've done it this year. In fourth quarters, when they have to score or when they have to get a stop, they've done it so far this year. Well, it's right? it's like, the t- it's the tale of it's the opposite tale of last year, right? Yes, where where you you lost by a play or a touchdown or a field goal or whatever. You know what I mean? Like if you look yeah. at the margin of of victory last year, it's so so small. Like or in your yeah. defeats, your margin of defeat, I guess is so small that it's like you you couldn't make it and now it's the opposite. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I go yeah, it's 100% a different feel. Like I said, they would have lost this game last year. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Now this team needs to be better than what they were, but they've done that. So, last question on Central Florida and then let's move to Kansas. How are you feeling as far as all in all on this team? The same? A little better or a little worse about this team moving forward? Um, I'm going to give you kind of a loaded answer. I, I think I feel the same. I just think that we need to come down off the, the high of the Texas win. Right. Um, that was kind of the arrival point of, I, you know, after last season, after the, 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 the Riley stuff and every, everything that went down the last two years, I think, OU fans were just downtrodden and we're like, we're just not, nothing good's going to come to us, you know, or whatever. Um, and so when Texas happened, I think everybody was on a really big high. So I think we came down a little bit, but at the same time, it's like, when I look at this team overall, I think they still have like right now, it's like you, they're still in the driver's seat in the big 12. They're still in the driver's seat for a college football playoff. Really? I yeah. mean, yeah. Um, sure. so I, I think I feel the same. Yeah. I mean, I have to say from the start of the year till now, I feel better. I mean, I picked this team to be nine and three and I was very confident that they would lose three games. Um, I think right now the floor is two losses. So I have to say that I feel better than I did at the start of the year, um, for sure. So, um, Saturday was not great, but again, um, you play that ugly and still pull a win. You're a pretty good football team. Um, overall, when you can do it right that that way, when you can win ugly, that says a lot about you. So 
Moving off to Central Florida, let's talk about Kansas a little bit. Um, here's kind of my overall takes, and then Jared, I'll kind of I'll leave it to you. But I feel like this is almost the same game again. Lots of misdirection, lots of option game, lots of window dressing. Okay, but more capable in the passing game. I think Bean is is more capable of a thrower um, than Plumley was. Um, I think that he's in the same realm as runner as Plumley is. Um, and a bad defense again. I mean, it's it's almost a carbon copy of what you played last week. The difference, I think, overall is this that scares me. Kansas has a much more established culture. Leipold's been there long enough now. He has ingrained his culture into that program. They are not scared of anybody. They're going to play hard. They're going to play smart. They're just not extremely talented on defense, and that's why their defense is not very good. But this team ain't scared of OU. I mean, this is a team that that should have beat OU with Caleb Williams at the helm, uh, making a run right in the season, and 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 Superman went and made a play to to pull it pull it out right. So um, that's kind of how I feel about it um, overall in the game. So Jared, what are you looking for in this game, and what do you think's uh, kind of the key for this game? Um, I mean, I I think it comes down. I mean, uh, I know this is gonna sound like a broken record it's going to come down to the defense um i think tightening things up the good news is you the good news is like coming off ucf you should have a little bit more one now bv should be able to have the motivation to go to these guys and look like you were playing elite you just gave up some big plays let's figure it out yeah um you know so i hope that they sure those things up like i said really i i think that's i think that's a really a big component of this game um because you know, like I said, this was the worst this team overall has played this season, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe SMU, you could argue, but like, like I said, I you know SMU didn't only put up eleven points. Um, yeah. so you know, I like I said, I think that there's a little bit of a wake up call. So I think that the defense needs to come out and make a statement, especially because right now everybody's all of a sudden turned to well, is OU actually that good? Yeah. Um. I know that BV said they try to ignore that outside noise and all that. But the reality is, is it's like you want to make a statement. Mm-hmm. Like these guys need to be alpha males and they need to go out and want to make a statement and say, we are the best in this conference yeah. and we're still, we still run it. And I'd love to see that be in this game. Um, so yeah, I think it's coming to defense. And then obviously just the other side of the ball is just let me call a good game. I think you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to do anything cute. Right. That's what that's what confused me against UCF was that we kept trying to do these cute, weird things like you like you said, the direct snap as the second play of the game to running yeah, back who was... hasn't who hasn't played really. Um, you know, just call a good game. Just do what you want to do. You should be able to impose your will and yep. do what you want to do. So I, I think it's just gonna be come down to Levy making a solid called game for this to really uh mm-hmm for them to really dominate. And I think they could have a big win if they do those two things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you on that again. BV and staff, y'all need to sit down this week and whoever you determine are your best players, play them. And when you get up big, then you can jack around and mess around with guys that haven't played all year long, um, that you haven't been willing to put out there all year and see if, how they react in that environment at that point, right? Get, Can we just get up? Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. 
No, just go ahead. Go finish. I just want to say something. Get up, get up 21 nothing. And yes, in the first half, still play them, but get up 21 nothing first. Don't, don't start telling, don't communicate to your guys every game matters, but hey, we're going to put our third string in in the first quarter because this game matters. Because you just communicated to your team, we got this game in the back. I mean, that's that's what you're communicating to that team. Like we've all played, if you've played sports and you're a third stringer, you don't play unless you're playing a crap team and you're up big points. So when all of a sudden they're rotating you in and the score is 0-0 or 7-0, you've just communicated to your team, we're that much better than these guys, I'm actually going to let you play today. You can't do that this week. you got to keep the edge on these guys and let them go. And then on offense, yeah, play calling Levy. And hopefully the fourth quarter was an indication that the run game's coming, that it's, that it's finally here. And this is a defense. You should find running room, period. You should be able to run the ball effectively, and it's time for it to happen. I, I'm, I am not by any stretch still in la-la land that we're just going to find an incredible running game. But against this defense, you should. Against this defense, you should. And so I need to see that. We do that. Game we, game looks good. We get through it. Can I get just to just to go back just real quick to the defense. It is crazy to think that like Gentry, uh Kobe, and Kip, like they're all capable. Like yeah. if somebody went like like Kip, really honestly, like I was I was on that train day one. I was like Kip. Yeah. Kip's my dude, and Kip. Honestly, I think out of those, out of those three, might be the best out of that group right now. But it's just one of those things that it's like, again, how many years have we been on like, especially on the defensive side of the ball, we're like, oh man, if that person goes down, we're screwed, right? Yeah. yeah. And now it's like you really, I mean, not to say you don't have that maybe in a couple of positions where you're a little still thin and trying to fill things in, but across the board overall. Pretty good depth. Pretty good depth. So I, I yeah. just like that. I just want to yeah. highlight that. I mean, I think it's really good. No, absolutely. Um, this game will be a test, man. Do not fans, players that are listening, Kobe, we know you listen to the podcast still all the time. And Gentry, you guys, they really don't, but it's you know, it's all good. But like well, and, don't, and, and don't I'm not li- I'm and I'm not dogging on Kobe or or anybody. Kobe's been phenomenal. Yes. Uh, Gentry has been phenomenal. Gentry, I mean, Gentry's got like i don't have more, most of the ints on the team i think yes he's leading um, the team yeah so i'm just you know i'm just i guess i'm toot my horn because i picked kip all you guys are being phenomenal the 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 class like the last two or three classes that have come in especially yep um yep dude just so much potential such a high ceiling that we haven't seen ceiling. on defense in uh, 10 years a decade yeah, yeah i was about to say at least a decade yeah it's it's been incredible um look if OU keeps their edge, if OU keeps chasing greatness, they'll win this game on Saturday. If they go up there jacking around and trying to tinker with play calling and trying to tinker with this or tinker with that, or they go in with a mentality that this is Kansas and we're fine, they are screwed because Leipold will put it on them. He, he well, is not coming to just screw, you know, just to mess around and just hopefully get a win. Here's here's the thing, too. And I, I think this is like something that people have to realize as a competitor. Like we both, we obviously I'm like college football, but we both played high school football. We played sports and all that. When a team just comes out and is able to do something vanilla, like when they're just coming out, they're just running the ball down your throat. 
that is so much more demoralizing than, oh, well, they yes. did this crazy package. I didn't know what was going on. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, if you can, if Levy will just come out and in both sides of the ball, just comes out and does what they do, nothing creative. I mean, not, nothing, I should say, nothing exotic, right? Nothing like, oh, we're going to do this crazy double pass, yeah, four time reverse, whatever. Just do what you do. Just go and impose your will, and that's like that is the most demoralizing thing any competitor can have is where you just can't stop it. it they're doing right. nothing special, and we can't stop it. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree. So look forward to it. It should be good. I know that's not a lot of detail, but look, y'all know this team. We, we've we been around uh, Kansas enough the last couple of years. Uh, Bean's a capable quarterback, and he's – I mean, that's – that's really the key. If the offense executes like it should, this defense doesn't have anybody over there that you need to be concerned about. Um, the offense has a really good running back, and they've got Bean, right? And yeah. you contain that, you should be in really good shape. So let's talk some general college football now, and let's start with the good stuff, shall we? Because, um, yeah, we both picked Utah to uh, cover slash win against USC without Cam Rising, without their starting running back. With their strong safety playing running back and a pig farmer playing quarterback for them, Dude. and uh, they Whittingham, pull out. Whittingham is my like my second favorite coach right now, dude. <laughs> I love that guy. Oh my god! And the collapse has begun. Uh, so, like, look, there's so much to talk about. Okay, first of all. Are let me. I'll ask as a question so you can get in here without me going on a rant. Is it just me or does it appear that Muleshoe is completely collapsing? Because, by the way, they lose this game. He sends no players to the press conference. He's the only one there. By the way, he seemed fine. And 48 hours later is so sick he can't show up to his radio show. That sounds familiar, right? Doesn't show up to practice. Isn't talking to anybody. Isn't answering anything. I mean, like, what? Like, who doesn't bring their Heisman Trophy winning quarterback out to a press conference after a loss against a top 13 ranked team in the country that you lost a super close game to? What 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 but, message what message does that send about your culture? Yeah. Like I you I want you to stand up here and we'll sing your praises when you win, but when you lose a game like that, it's okay. You can go sit in the locker room. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that was that was comic. The other comical thing was the Utah locker room blasting music so oh, loud you could hear it on the press conference. Um, and it's at their home but, stadium, yeah, it's at their home stadium. Like, yeah, this isn't this isn't they're at Utah and Utah is going to put their press conference deal right out. You know what I mean? Like, Notre Dame kind of did, right? Like, Notre Dame like stuck them in a corner and said, This is where you do your press conference, this is at your own place. And you can't even escape the the party scene of the Utah locker room. Well, here's okay. Here's my thing. The other thing is I watched the press conference and one like, yeah, the whole players not being there. I'm like that. That speaks volumes to me about the culture that Lincoln Riley builds. Uh, And then secondly, it was like the word salad. He kept trying to spit to like walk around. Like, oh, well, like, you know, it's not that bad. And like, you know, like, I mean, it was just like, I don't even know, like the things he was saying, I'm like, dude, what are you, what you're just talking in circles? You know what I mean? Like, you're just literally talking in circles, not saying anything at all and trying to give 
a long-winded answer. So at the end of it, everybody's so exhausted. They don't question it. Like He thinks he's Sam Presti when he's not even as good of a wordsmith as Sam. Because that's Sam's deal, right? I'm going to talk for two minutes, and then you're going to think about it and go, he didn't tell us anything. But, like, he's not even that good at it. Yeah, like... I don't know, like the whole the whole press conference, the whole thing. And like I said, I, and like like I told I told you before the pod, uh, one of my buddies, he actually has a, a podcast too. Um he does he messaged me and was like, dude, what are you thinking? Or he actually tweeted at me and was like, What do you think of this? And I'm like, dude, it's the exact same thing we saw from from him when he was at OU, like eerily same, almost the same dates. Like, yeah, it's the same point in the season when things started to go sideways for OU. It's the same point in the season where now that it's been proven that he was looking at houses in LA or signing contracts or whatever, like there is, it, it's it's like a game plan for him. Like it's it's the exact same script we've seen this movie before. Um, yeah. So, I yeah, I mean, I guess my question to you is, do you, what do you what do you think is going to happen at like? Well, let me ask you this first. What do you, where do you think he's going to go? Do you think he's leaving for one? And if he if you do think he is leaving, where do you think he goes? The only way at this point, because of how he's handled this. Now, look, if you'd asked me a week ago, and he if he had handled the situation like a professional and like an actual head coach, I think there's a chance he's going to the NFL. Right now, the only way he's in the NFL is if he's an offensive coordinator only. Period. There, there is not, unless it's the Browns, there is not an organization that's going to hire him as the head coach of a billion-dollar organization when he will not let his players be interviewed after losses, that he suspends members of the media for writing puff pieces, that he, by the way, also said, I don't know where this narrative of us talking about national championships comes from when he's the one at his opening press conference of a four and eight football team said, this will be the Mecca of college football and preseason said, we're going to win a championship. And that's what we're here to do. You started that narrative, Lincoln Riley. No one else did. He's also told the media that it was them that set the narrative up that the defense is not any good. It's not that the defense isn't any good. The media made that decision before. And so he's not going anywhere. His contract's big enough. They can't buy him out of it. And there's not a program that's going to hire him or a, an organization in the NFL that's going to hire him as the head coach. Well, it's not going to happen. And and here's and here's my thing. And I, I've seen people trying to dog on Caleb. And I do think Caleb's season has not been, the last two games have been pretty horrid for him. Three games really, been real been bad. pretty horrid. But I like, I'm still going to stand by it. I still cheer for Caleb. And I still think he is a, the best player. He's the best quarterback in college football right now. He's the best quarterback prospect in I don't know how long. Um, I'm, I'm at this point. I don't think he is the best quarterback prospect for the NFL. He is the most talented, but he ain't the best prospect right now. Well, With that's what I, he's I, done the last three weeks, he is not playing quarterback. He is literally playing flag football and just has the pocket awareness and the athletic ability to run around for 45 seconds until somebody gets open and then he just chunks it to him. I mean, there's here's name, name me a time in the last three weeks that you've seen him take a snap, put his foot in the ground, and zip a ball on a route to somebody. Well, and and here's the thing. Like, here's the like here's the like it's not just Caleb. Um, like their 
offensively, they have talent everywhere. It's just like it was at OU, even though Riley says, I didn't have the talent at OU to win a national championship or whatever it was he said. Like, you, they were, they are, they are an, like an embarrassment of riches at the with, skill position. Because that offensive Sorry. line got whooped all night yeah, long. But it, that D line hey, got whooped all and, night and long. I, here's where, like, this is where it's a whole, like, this is where you can't circle one thing with this team, with that program and with his culture. Like, you also have, like, yes, Grinch, I don't think is a great defensive coordinator, right? But Agreed. you also look at Wiley, and it's like, why do you have like your biggest offensive lineman is like 270 pounds? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're not going to. They look like, and somebody like highlighted it, and it's like, yeah, I didn't really think about it in this terms, but like when you watch USC play, it looks like a group of five school, like as far as in the trenches. They're not big outside of Bear Alexander. They they don't well, look Here's the deal. It's not just that they're not big. They're not strong. And yeah. as now, and as now, all the USC media people, this team's just soft. That's what we said when he left. He creates a culture of softness between Benny Wiley and his practice habits. And that's one of the reasons he defends Grant so much, in my opinion, is talking to players. They don't tackle to the ground in practice because Riley is too afraid that his little toys are going to get hurt and poor little babies can't get hurt. Poor little babies get hurt. I can't put them on the field on Saturday and use them. Well, guess what? You wonder why there's a tackling issue? Well, when you never tackle to the ground, that's exactly what happens. Here's here's here's, here's a scenario. Here's a comparison. I want you to think of this. Mac Brown, his last couple of years at Texas. You remember when I think it was OU Texas Oh, you went and beat them like 65 to 14 or whatever it was, right? Just absolutely ran them out of the stadium. Post-game press conference, at least Mac had the testicular fortitude to make his players go sit in front of the cameras. But then answered for them. And then answered for them, right? Yeah. But at least he made them go up there and get the questions aimed at them. Riley doesn't yeah. even have that. Riley is so no. coddling and so, like, I'm sorry. That's the thing that, like, I think people like. I understand going and taking, like, going and and having the back year players, right? Like, that's another thing. That's another discussion to have, right? Yep. But part of sports is that you have to go up there and you have to own. I got whooped. Like, I got my butt kicked. I didn't play good. I let my teammates down. Whatever. Right. Like right. that's that's how you instill leadership. That's how you build a culture of saying, you know. This is where, like, even if you played well, let's say Caleb played lights out and they still lost. Right. If I mean, Caleb, look, the point Caleb's is going to be, you got to put those guys be, in the press conference. Just yeah, Caleb. It doesn't Caleb, matter Caleb, how you play or not. That's what I'm saying, though. You still have to line up. Caleb should still be at the press conference. And if Caleb's a leader that I think that he actually still is, then he's going to say, look, like, we want, we lost. It sucks. It was, you know, I should have played better. Yeah. Right. He's not instilling that. So, anyways, it's just a dumpster fire. I think that he's potentially going to go be an OC or maybe a head coach. Maybe somebody's. I could see the Brown or not the Browns. The uh, the Bears taking a flyer on him or something if their season goes sideways. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I know did before the, this week. I think the way he handled this week showed me two things that I didn't think beforehand. He is not ready to be a head coach at the Power Five level, and especially not a blue blood. 
He can't handle it. He can't handle having to play elite talent. And guess what? When you play elite talent and you get beat, you got to own up to it. And he doesn't know how to do it. He does not know how to do it. He is not ready to be a head coach at all at the Power 5 level. And he proved it. That's why he's not going to the NFL. Well, he's on that Russell Westbrook arc. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so if so, anybody hasn't seen, go check out. I, I'm referencing the Coach Thirty video. Yes. Uh, f- f- one of the funniest I've seen. Maybe it's because I'm, you know, invested in it or whatever. But uh, yeah, he he says you left Oklahoma and came to L.A. to have the same team, and you got worse. You're on the Russell Westbrook arc. I just that made, cracked me up. So, anyways. Yeah, it's just a dumpster fire. I get you hate to see it, but more than that, you love to see it. So yeah, anyway, it's, it's crazy. Which, and, and a- the last thing I'll just say is this very quickly: L.A. media people. Um, the next time I, I'm just gonna lose it if I hear one more time the stupid in this market, we're not gonna put up with you doing that. We told you we weren't putting up with it. We told you we hated it. And y'all laughed us out and said we were just being a bunch of crybabies and mad that Lincoln left. When we told you the problems with the culture, you said we were being crybabies that he left. Now it's all happening, and you're acting like we weren't criticizing any of these. Us poor little unsophisticated poor country bumpkins out here in Oklahoma just let Lincoln do whatever he wanted to do. And that is not true. It's the things that we were questioning that drove him to leave this place. That is part of what caused him to leave is that he couldn't get over the hump and he was being criticized. I, and it, ugh. it, you know, it just still cracks up because I still hear that all the time. And I'm like, right now, Lincoln Riley's having to do, if he's in his office, he's doing it from a freaking cubicle looking thing with a dorm fridge where he left yeah. the poor school that had an office that's bigger than most people's houses. So go off, I guess, whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. You know what's here's another thing talking about money. This just came out apparently. There's rumors that Vegas is going to be pulling all of the Michigan bets, all the betting lines on Michigan until okay. the investigation wraps. Wow. Which not looking good for Michigan. I don't know if you've seen, have you kept up with any of it? Yeah. I've kept I mean, up and I don't they, know. People, what's people have I... zoomed in. Like he's the the card, the guy, the guy that's supposedly the the one, the dude that they suspended and all that stuff. His play card has like hand signals on it. And like the thing is, is like I've seen people argue, well, like he's just scouting. And it's like, okay, like there's a difference between scouting and going and filming nothing but the people using hand signals and all yes. that. I mean, yeah. the 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 level- I mean, look, it's it's an egregious, it's an egregious effort to cheat. That's what I would say, right? Everyone tries to steal signals. Period. Period. I mean, like that was the that was the hero move of Baker Mayfield. Remember, in the first week with Tampa Bay, was that he told the team, "I got their signals. I figured out what they're doing." Right, and it helped him through the game. But like the links to which that they did this, and the blatant bla- breaking of rules that are rules, whether they matter or not, is there. And right. You can't be sending GAs all over the place to just video well, hand signals and then, you know, doing the thing. Like, it's a little well, overkill. At the same time, coaches be better. Change your signals. Well, yeah, that, there's that. And, and, like, the funny thing to me is, like, um, I think it's one thing if 
it, it's it, I think it's it's kind of like the the analogy that I had was it's not illegal for me to drive a car, right? But if I drove over to somebody else's house or I sent somebody over out to another house to steal their car and bring it to me and then I drive it, then that's illegal, right? Like that's the Michigan fans are trying to come up with this thing. Well, it's not illegal to steal signals. No, it's not. Like if you're standing on the sideline during your game and you figure out that them doing the jumping jacks means that they're blitzing, that's one thing, right? Sending people that literally are doing nothing but holding a camera on the people going the signals, like that's that's going too far. And I do think... Yeah. The conversation now needs to be around should they do like the NFL uh, or even high schools are doing it now of having a headset in the helmet that that they can have. Basically, they can be in the helmet up to like, you know, the first 10 seconds or whatever of the play yeah. clock or whatever. They they need to do that. I mean, it's time. That's the NFL has been doing that for a decade. Do it at college, like move on from it. But still, it it is egregious by Michigan. It's sad. Um it's pretty pathetic, and the, I mean, the, it's the, pretty clear. The 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 publicity, or sorry, the publicity. I can't say that word for some reason. <laughs> uh, the publicity from this is going to, especially now that, like I said, if Vegas really does pull sports betting on Michigan, I know that sounds crazy. Like those sorts of things start happening, and the NCAA is going to get forced to actually have to do something to Michigan. Like, yeah, like yeah. right now, it's like, and, it, and people forget. They're still under investigation, which they're for like level whatever violations, minor violations. They just got off the hardball being suspended. There's all this. Yeah. Like I told somebody, I was like, I actually wouldn't be surprised if they start really digging in and the NCAA doesn't try to do like the loss of institutional control or whatever it is, like where basically things have run rampant. Um, yeah. I, it's just Michigan, and it's funny because Michigan was the school that's like, well, we always are doing the right thing. We're I know, doing... right? And yeah. yeah. So, anyways, but it's crazy. Anyway, well, I hey, I, wild I've got a dog going nuts here. Well, I'm gonna have my earphone where I can still hear you, but I'm gonna close my camera for a second. Will you go over how terrible I did at my picks last week, real quick, and move us yes. there? And I will be yeah. right oh, back. Gladly, gladly. Yeah. So, uh, now that it's nothing but handsomeness here now for you all. Um. Yeah, so we did our picks last week. Our starting up, we did Air Force uh, versus Navy. Uh, now, I picked Air Force to to cover, which they were favored by 10. They ended up winning by 11. So Daryl picked Navy because he's an idiot. So Daryl lost that one. Now, we neither of us looked good on the next one. That was Penn State versus Ohio State. Uh, we both picked Penn State. Obviously, that didn't go our way. Um, and then we had Tennessee at Bama. Uh, Bama was favored by nine and a half. They covered more than enough, um, which was actually a really good game, by the way. Like that one was one where I think they were down like 10 or 17 or something crazy points at halftime and then just ended up freight training them at the end. Uh, but yeah, anyways, we both won that one. Uh, Duke at FSU. Um, FSU was favored by 13 and a half. They won by, I believe, 18. Uh, and we both picked FSU. So Daryl. He had to follow my lead to get anything right. So, um, Utah at USC. We had uh, both took Utah, and God, did it feel good that we both won? I, I was cheer- I was even cheering for you on that oh, one, buddy. I was cheering for that, that, was that one for you, little brother. Um, so worth it. UCF at OU. Uh, we both took OU to cover, and oh, well, <laughs> they they did. Nineteen points was a far cry. <laughs> So we both lost it. But that means 
I'm pretty sure overall, even I'm in the I'm in the I'm I'm leading now. I'm pretty sure I'm leading. That gives you the it gives you the one game lead. We were tied. Hey, and now it gives you the one game lead. Hey, it was the same thing I said after the UCF win. Winning is winning, baby. All right. Winning is winning. So it it is that's Dom it is Dom Dom Dominic Toretto said it best. Doesn't matter if you win (laughs) by an inch or a mile, winning is winning. So um, but I guess I'll get us rolling on our, our next picks. Uh, so this week's picks will go number one, which by the way, funny thing, my ESPN was jacked. I was like, I was like seriously going to start Googling because I thought like all of Georgia, like Georgia's whole offensive line had fallen off a bus or something because it was showing to me that Georgia or sorry, Florida was favored against Georgia. And I was like, what? Right. I mean, it's at the swamp, but come on now. By 14 and a half <laughs> points at that. Uh, but anyways, Georgia's favored by 14 and a half points at Florida. So they're going to be playing at the Swamp. You know, I'm sure tickets are going to be crazy expensive, even though Florida's not good. But it'd be like that would be a fun game to go to. Oh, yeah, um, you should. If you get to that game, go hit that yeah, game. Up. No doubt about it. Yeah, and actually, I can't this weekend, but I would totally would like I do want to go to a game at the Swamp. Hopefully, OU and Florida play. But anyways. Georgia favored by 14 and a half. Who are you taking? I'm going to take Florida to cover. Mm, okay. No, thinking... no, no tight ends at the swamp. And Georgia just seems to be sleepwalking. And offense not great. Defense is pretty good. So I'm gonna take them to again, not Florida to win, but for Florida to cover. Uh this is a rivalry game. You know, people forget about that. I think this is one of those like kind of under I mean, people down here know and all that, but it is a rivalry game. But I'm gonna go Georgia. I think Georgia's gonna I do think Brock Bowers being out is going to be detrimental, but I just think I just don't think Florida's that good this year. I think Florida's like yeah. played out of their minds at times to to beat who they beat, but I don't think they're that good. So fair enough. <clears throat> uh, next one up, Oregon at Utah. Now this is a huge game, huge game. Uh, nope. Big, 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 big Pac-12 implications. Um, two really good game, really good teams. By the way, I think they said Cam Rising is going to be out the rest of the year. Like he's not playing. Yes, this they game. have. That's a that's official. So, but they got the pig farmer. That by the way, quote of the week. <laughs> by the way, quote of the week is yeah, they've got a Heisman winner at quarterback, and we've got a pig farmer, and we like him too. Yes. Like quote yeah. of the week. Winning, winning awesome. him. I love the guy. Anyway, uh, Oregon is favored by six and a half. So they're basically favored by a tutty. Um, who are you taking? It's at Utah. I don't know if that changes your perspective. It is at Utah, which makes me think about it a lot. And I just love Whittingham's culture. But again, I think beating USC yet again on the road in that way, emotional letdown. I think Oregon's pretty good and fighting for their lives. I'm going to take Oregon to cover. Oregon to cover. Okay. Hmm. Against my worst judgment, I'm going to take Utah. I mean, I'm going to buy in. The Utah, the Utah. The the Utes slash Sooner bromance that's going on, I, I just got to support. I got to support the boys. <laughs> how quickly? Fair how enough. quickly did Utah become like my second favorite school? You know, it's so true. Uh, okay, next we got Duke at Louisville. How do you say it? Do you, how do you, how are you gonna say it? Because this is a I've had this conversation Louisville. before. Louisville. Louisville. I say Louisville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like I, you know what's funny is I know people that live in 
Louisville or whatever. And like, they all say it different. So I, it's a made up name. It's whatever. Yeah. The most consistent pronunciation I heard was Louisville. So that's, that's what I go okay. with now. Well, I'm going Louisville, Louisville. I'm going to take, man, I'm going to take Duke. I'm actually going to take Duke. I think Duke, they played really well against FSU for about three quarters. So I'm going to take Duke. Um, right. I'm basically, I'm basically doing this. So like we have some separation next week in our score too. So uh, next up is a favorite for us. USC at Cal. Um, USC is favored by 11 points with a Heisman quarterback. Yeah. I mean, Cal is not great. You are at Cal. It is a rivalry game, but the wheels are coming off, baby. I'm going Cal. Cal's going to pull the amazing upset. And the empire comes crashing. Can we? Can we just down? Can we just say like how important this game is? Like if they go out, like they, I'm gonna take USC. No, actually, hang on. Oh, my I'm gonna go gosh. Cal. I'll go Cal. I'll go Cal. I will go Cal to cover. But think about it this way: this is one of those games. This is a trap game in the sense I don't think Cal's any good. But it's a trap game in the sense that they that, got Oregon and Washington coming up. Well, not not just that. Right now, USC has everything to lose, and Cal has nothing to lose. Right? Like, if USC does anything but come out and if they do anything other than come out and blow out Cal, everybody's gonna be like, "Man, things are really, really bad." Like the. The locker room could start to get lost, is what I'm saying. If yeah. they if they if they yeah. don't come out and dominate Cal. So uh next up, we got the Mormons, BYU at Texas. Uh yes. they're they're playing they're playing at the state. I, this is weird. The Mormons are gonna be playing at a stadium that has what looks like female reproductive organs. <laughs> and it's and it stands. So I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um yeah. BYU at Texas, Texas favored by 17 and a half points. By the way, Texas, we didn't even talk about Texas had to get the like the spot of the century in favor of them yeah. to beat Houston. Houston honestly yeah, probably should have won that game. Probably so. So now granted, anyway. Quinn, Quinn Ewers hurt, right? They yeah, don't have to out. play without so Quinn. So Malik, uh, Malik, Malik Jeffries is is the Murphy. starter. Murphy, sorry, I don't work with Jeffries. Malik uh, Murphy is <laughs> the starter, which everybody's like saying that Arch Manning is going to play, but I was like, they've already said Malik's starting. So anyway, he might, he might play. We'll see. Um, man, man, I just don't think BYU is any good. If they were playing in Provo, I think I would pick BYU to cover, but not in Austin. I'm going to go ahead and take the Horns to cover. Man, look, Texas's defense really did not look good against Houston. They really didn't. Um, I didn't see the whole game, but the third and fourth quarter, they looked pretty bad. Pretty, pretty bad. They we saw a lot more flashes of that Texas defense of like when CD had five dudes around him and they couldn't bring him to the ground. <laughs> couldn't hardly touch him. But you know what I mean? Uh so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna take BYU to cover. All right. I don't I don't know that like they it. win, but I think they're gonna make it a tight game. Yes, I mean I could see that. I don't think so in Austin, but I could see that. Yeah, it's at BYU. That's what scares me. We get to play at BYU this year, and like weird things happen. They have some like Mormon 
like voodoo magic or something there. Um, very true. Uh, OU at Kansas is our last one, our game of the week, and we'll also do score predictions. But OU is right now favored by ten points. Mm-hmm. So closer line, it's really weird. Like when you think about it, like I still people was like, even three or four years ago, nobody's scared of Kansas. You know, no. like the like the fact that like you know I. Watch out! Like if Leopold stays at uh, Kansas, could be Kansas could be a threat. I mean, honestly. So anyway, yeah, Kansas. Agreed. Uh, OU at Kansas. OU favorite by ten. Who are you taking? I am going to take the good guys. I'm going to take OU. I'm going to take them at. OU, but I believe that OU is going to be up 17 late in the game with it in control, but Leipold and his boys just aren't giving up. They score late to make it a straight-up even 10 cover. So you're calling a push? push. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take the good guys, but I'm going to take the good guys to cover. I think they win by... 24. I'm going to go. They're going to win 49. What would be 24? 49 to 25. Wow. All right. I like it. I hope that's the way they it both goes. got 25, which is a weird score to make. So I don't know what we're thinking, but yeah, we'll go with it. Um, We'll go. Yeah. So I, I dude, <laughs> I'm actually, I'm excited for this weekend. Um, I don't know. Like the thing is, is like at this point, it's all profit. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we've won more games than we did last season. Uh, we talked about, you know, it, what's funny is like we were talking about, like, if you really think about when we go back and talk about our every everything at this point, like that's what somebody said. If you really think about it, and I want to take this before we roll into Thunder. Re- regardless of how the remaining games go. BV has now gone at least in recruiting and all those sorts of areas can say mm-hmm. he's built a culture. Yep. He can say that he's showed marked improvement. He's showed that he can develop. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I don't get me wrong. I want them to go fight for a spot in the college football playoff. Even how realistic or unrealistic that is. I don't know yet. Right. Um. But I, at the same time, it's like at this point, like he's done everything that we said that he needed to do before the season started. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's turned it around. He absolutely has turned it around. Another organization that has turned it around quickly is the Thunder, right? From losing all of its superstars to now getting big-time playoff consideration. They kick their season off tomorrow. And so just a couple quick questions as we wrap this pod up tonight, but we do have to talk about it because it is definitely Oklahoma sport. Jared, I'm curious, win total. Win total for the Thunder this year. Where do you put them at out of 82 games? I'm going to go. You know what? I went I went mega sunshine with the Sooners and their defense. <laughs> and so far, that's pretty much paid dividends. Like, pretty much dead on with that so far. Uh, so I'm going to go 52. I think they're going to win 52 games. Wow. That's incredible. I like it. I mean, I would love it. Uh, for me, Troy and I actually talked about this a little bit at lunch today. 
I'm going to put them at 45 wins, personally. I'm going to put them at 45 wins. So just over 500. Definitely should get them in the playoffs. Um, move them that way. And then my other question as the season kind of kicks off is, we make the play-in, win a play-in game, go to the next one, lose, don't make it to the playoffs. What is a successful season this year in your eyes for the Thunder? Playoff game. I, mean, I think they need to be, not only do they need to be in the playoff, I think they need to be high enough seated that they're not in, a, in the play-in. Like, I think they need to be... Like, automatically in a playoff yes. series. Yes. Oh, play-in. I got gotcha. you. I guess that's kind of that like my sense. sort of a ceiling. Well, I say ceiling, but um, I just want to see them be in a position where they've they they're a young team that's already established that they're a playoff contender. Yeah, not having to do a plan. Yeah, I'm not even to that yet because I think there's some teams last year that fell off um, that I think will be better. Like for instance, the Mavericks. I think they'll be better this year, um, and some of those kinds of teams, and so. For me, though, it is similar. But if they had to go through the play-in system, I'm okay with that. But they got to get to a playoff series. They don't have to win it, but they got to get to a playoff series this year. For me, if they don't get to a playoff series, then it's a complete, you know, not a disaster, but it would be very deflating, and it would definitely be below the bar that I have for this team with the pieces they have, those kinds of things. Um, I do think they need to be in a playoff series without a doubt. However, they get there now. And then the last question for the Thunder as we kick it off and see how to go. Do you have a player on the roster that has been named to the final 15-man roster that would be your surprise player? So just to kind of be clear, I think our starting five, I think we're all very clear that that's going to be Giddy at the point, Shea, Dort, J-Dub, Chet, right? That's your five. None of those guys is going to be a surprise to me. If Michic plays well, a guy that's been a professional for like 10 years in Europe. If he plays well, I don't think that's a surprise player for the Thunder, right? So who is going to be a player that surprises as oh, they God. try to make I, this run? I was going to say Giddy. Wins? I was going to say Giddy, not because I don't think that he's I, – I think he's going to be able to his, – his game's going to elevate is what I would say to a level uh. that people are not expecting. Him and Chet have a huge amount of chemistry – um, you know, they've talked about that um all the time. So I think I think he's one. Um but yeah, I mean, outside of that, if I'm having to pick somebody that's coming like as like a sixth man is basically what you're asking me almost. Like I mean, just an off the radar guy that's really gonna be a fixtured piece for this team. Man, I don't know. Give me give me yours. Give me yours. I am going with one that I think everybody I don't know if people would say it this way, but how about this? Bertons will not be traded at the deadline because he is such an integral piece to this team. So DeMont's Berton will play a lot and will light it up and will score a ton and be a very, very fixed piece of this team for me. Whereas most people see him as a guy, they're going to play some and then just try to ditch at the trade deadline. And I think he's a guy that ends up staying around throughout the season and is a big part of what the Thunder are doing. Okay. Well, I, I guess I'll pick somebody else. Um, I, I do want to leave Giddy my note for Giddy. Giddy, I have I, that note there. I do have that Case, note there. Casey Wallace, I think, is going to be a guy that's going to get a lot more run. You and Troy agree. That was Troy's. 
Troy's was Kaysen's as well. So yeah, I think I think he's gonna be. I think he could be that very very solid. I don't like. I don't think he's gonna be a guy that's gonna steal starting time or anything. You're like you said, your starting is pretty pretty set barring injury. But I think he's a guy that's gonna come off the bench a lot. So there you go. I like it. Well, make sure that you check out the game. It's tomorrow night, seven o'clock against the Chicago Bulls, which means it's against our old buddy, buddy Billy D, Billy Donovan next uh, tomorrow oh, night. So you tell me to check out the game. I'm not paying for Bally's freaking sports, dude. Can we just no, get I the think Thunder Gun? I think it's. I think it might actually be televised tomorrow night. Okay. Um, well, I, I, I assume because there's like I looked the other day and there's like right now there's like three Thunder games that are going to be televised. Um, and me being in Florida, that doesn't help because it's like I'm probably going to see. Out the of the heat market. or magic. Well, get on or and get the app for the, you know the good old uh, sports. I do. I do have. I need to look. Call. I think my YouTube TV has like a deal right now where I can buy like the NBA pass for like thirty bucks, and I don't know. Like I don't watch NBA like as religiously as I do like football. Obviously, you know what I mean. So I don't. It's always right, been one of those things. Right. Like even at a cheap price, I don't know it's worth it. But um, speaking of, I guess we can we, we, we talk some media before we wrap things up real quick. Very quickly, yes. Okay, I once saw the creator. Ah, uh, yes. So, I I like that the visuals are stunning. The acting is phenomenal. The sound is phenomenal. The story, I was like, told me, I was like, I'm gonna go see it again. I'm gonna watch it again, or maybe when it comes out on on DVD or whatever, um, or on streaming. I guess it's not like a boomer because I said DVD. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, like story was a little. I don't know. Like it was like I kind of picked where the plot. There's a plot twist to it. But like I spotted it like in the first five minutes of the movie. I was like, then probably where it's gonna go, and it's exactly where it went. Anyway. Nice. Um, but I actually really enjoyed it. So um that was really good. I do want to go see um the the new movie. Uh oh, I can't even think of it now. The new Scorsese movie. Uh, uh the lemon killer killer of the the night flower, whatever it's called. Anyway, I don't yeah. know. I do want to go see it. Apparently, like a lot of people have been saying, there's a lot of Oklahoma history in there that like we weren't taught. They, yeah, stuff. it's it's all about Oklahoma. Yeah, it's in, yeah, and so filmed I, here as well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I do. There is some crazy stuff. So I do want to go see that. So I probably will. I've got like the Regal Pass where I can go see like an unlimited number of movies. So I'll probably just go like one random nice. movie and go see that. Um, but yeah, I I've heard good things. It's just obviously a Scorsese movie, so it's like eight and a half hours long. But um, yeah, <laughs> um. And then our boy, like Wrexham, I think their season of Wrexham is about to wrap up, actually. Uh, yeah, I'm I think several got, like, episodes a... behind. Yeah, I, I think I finally caught up. Um, so, but and then our boys, Wrexham's, they're doing they're doing good. They're, so you said third? They're third, third on the table. The right table. And, third and like I said, we talked about it. And their first, I think it was like two or, I think it was their first two or three matches. Mullen didn't even play. He was by far their best player. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. It, it's I'm. It would be would be would it be so awesome if they got two years promotion in a row? Could you imagine? Can you imagine the storm of Wrexham fandom that already is, and how much it'd blow through the roof if they did that? Oh, it'd dude, be it's incredible. I yeah, I'm I'm hyped for it. So um, yeah, that's been that's been uh been pretty good. So I'm I'm pretty. I like the show's been really good. Like I said, even though you know what's going to happen, like we know they got promoted, right? Like that's not news. A secret, yeah. But like the the way they've done the show, and like even in the show, it's kind of funny. They're like, yeah, they're like this team, like they had a, I can't remember his name. 
but he was the guy that was like, he was like a premier league goalie for like years. And then he came out of retirement to play for him. I can't yeah. remember his name now, but he's like, look, he's like, I played with premier league teams. And he's like, this team is a lot better. He's like, it's several divisions higher in skill than where they're at in the national yeah. league. So he's That's like, they awesome. need to, they need to get promoted. So, um, That's so cool. Anyways, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. I like, uh, like Wrexham's a good thing. It's a good filler. Uh, F1's getting close to wrapping up. We will be, uh, they're heading to Vegas in like a few weeks, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming fast. Yeah. They're already like setting stuff up and everything. Um, it's kind of funny because TwitchCon was this last week and like a lot of people were complaining that it was hard to get around parts of Vegas because they're already setting up stuff for the Grand Prix. So they already have certain <laughs> things closed off and everything. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been, um, I don't know. This is like my favorite time. Like fall is my favorite time of year because of the weather. I enjoy the weather, but it's like, dude, there's everything. We have thunder. Yeah. Right. We have yeah. OU. We have, I have formula one. I have hockey is underway, which I'm starting to try to pick up hockey. Hockey is oh boy, phenomenal to watch. Uh, you know, we hope we were not, our Astros are out, but we do have playoff baseball and we've got wrecked some soccer. So, um, Dude, I just, I just hope for the day. I told it was like it'd be like twenty years from now, but I want the day that I can watch Wrexham football, like playing in Premier League. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm not having to do some like download some weird UK app just to watch a match and pay like fifteen quid or whatever yeah. they say. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be able to awesome. turn it on NBC or whatever and watch it. So anyway, so yeah, cool. good, there's a lot of good stuff. So I, I, it sucks that we had to do a condensed pod a little bit, but. Hopefully next week we can be back and we can talk a little bit more about stuff. I want. Yeah, hopefully on. we can get back on the track of two and and add a little more discussion in there. But it's getting late. We've uh, and it's especially late for you, um, yeah. and you've got to work tomorrow. All the things. So again, we appreciate all of you that listen, man. And I mean, especially to our faithfuls, man. Nemo, Swayze, um, Boomer Sunshine. Five. We know we know you listen. Sunshine is always in it. Yeah, it's it's okay, um, Sunshine. I got you, buddy. I got you. Uh, I mean, Mo. we've got Mo. We've got he's some he's folks. forgetting most of you. It's okay. It's the oh my gosh. I'm not trying to name every single one of them for crying out loud. Good grief. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but all those that do uh, ride with us, interact with us on social media, come in when we do live pods, all the stuff, man. We're grateful for it. Um, again, we're having a great time. We hope you are too. And if you are, do all the like, subscribe, everything like that. But again. It's been a blast for us. Hope you have a great night. I'm Daryl. That's Jared. And we will talk to you guys later. Bye, Baker. Two village idiots with a love-hate relationship. See, you got fat. So you still look like a 15-year-old girl, but not hot. Who can't stop arguing over Oklahoma sports. You know what, man? Why am I still talking to you? Come on, we were doing good there, man. It's the Just Okay Sports Podcast. Hosted by Troy and Daryl.